Hail, and welcome to Odin's Alchemy. This week, we have the great pleasure of welcoming somebody else that is doing a lot of the lab work. Um, so that makes me just uh, immensely happy. This is James from Grounded Extracts. He's also been going around making the circuit and talking about, uh, uh, I'm, I might mess up the pronunciation, Iboda, Iboga. Um, yeah, Iboga. Iboga. Um, so uh, he's been going around and he has some experiences with that and has been working with that and getting some extraordinarily amazing results. So with that, please welcome James. And James, go ahead and tell anybody where they can find you and any information that you want to get out there. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, I am James from Grounded Extracts, and um, we make herbal capsules and tinctures and syrups. And um, the whole idea behind it um, is from my own life, my own experiences, being on street drugs and pharmaceutical drugs for um, over a decade, and then transitioning into the natural um, realm uh, with Ibogaine. And when I took Ibogaine, it, uh, it just revealed a lot of personal truths to me about, about my life and my purpose and what I'm interested in. And it just kind of corrected my course or helped correct my course into um, revealing to me the, the full knowledge that nature, as, as we see it, not the way we see it manipulated, but as the way it exists in nature <laughs> naturally, Mm -hmm. That is what, what we need to be striving to attain and to implement in our lives and not chemical, you know, petroleum based byproduct uh, bullshit into our body. And that and that um, everything, everything like has its purpose. And we've been just told that these are the drugs, you know, you can't do. Don't do it. And then everyone obviously stumbles into that realm because of that. And uh, and then it's just a vicious groundhog day of uh, of the same cycle every day. And uh, it, it's really interesting and it's fascinated me. I've always been so fascinated by drugs in general, and I don't know why. And I'm guessing this is why now, um, because I, I like to think about it like like our lives are like the creator flipping through a storybook. And as one of the pages is turning, you can kind of see you're on that page before it and you can kind of see the page before it. That's like deja vu, mm -hmm. I think. And and uh, and so I think maybe that's why I was always fascinated with it. And I always felt like a bad person, like like, oh, man, I'm just like I'm like sick or like a junkie that I need to read uh, every single piece of everything about what I was messing with. I just needed to know. And it's so interesting that so much pharmacology, they actually don't know. They actually don't know how the shit yeah. works. So it's like you you can't yeah. you just hit a dead wall with that shit, you know, right away. But nature is like a whole different ball game, you know. That's got that's uh th those are provable, you know, existing in nature, you know. That's that's that is what it is. That's that's the whole thing that the pharmaceutical game is playing imitation on. And you, why would anyone want the imitation of anything, you know, like a Gucci, Gucci handbags or whatever, you you know, it's not the same shit. So uh, I forgot. Absolutely. Your question, dude. I, I don't I don't know where I was going. With that. It was just an introduction, brother. You're all right. <laughs> OK, cool. No, cool. Absolutely. That was wonderful. Cool. Um, no, and I couldn't agree more. That's uh, absolutely doctors do not know what they're what's going into the drugs, whatever the pharmacy rep tells them that that thing does. That's what they uh, 
that's what they tell you back, just like a parrot. And all the time, if you, uh, not, not that I've been to a pharmacist uh, anytime recently, but even 20 years ago when people uh, had more trust for medicine, you'd be standing in line at the pharmacy for something and the pharmacist, pharmacist would be back there cussing because the doctors wrote out prescriptions that could distinctly clashed with each other. They're like, these right. fucking idiots, they don't even know what they're doing. And, and that's from the pharmacist. Um, and so then the pharmacist is having to alter your, your uh, prescriptions and everything and call and argue with your doctor uh, because your doctor did something that distinctly can't happen. Uh, they don't, they don't know what they're doing anymore. <clears throat> and absolutely the whole way that they, uh, patent these drugs is because they've made a slight alteration to the, to the molecular makeup of these, uh, uh, whether it's the oil or whatever the component is in it, that's doing the, the work, they make a slight alteration to the molecular makeup, similar to like with, if, if you're uh, similar to, if you're familiar with butane extraction, like a difference between uh, uh, I or an N or an ISO, uh, it, it's just a different molecular setup, uh, but it's the same basic thing. Uh, you know, in every other way, it, in most ways it reacts the same, but there are just ever so slight differences. Yep. And that slight difference is what they patent. Right. You betcha. Yeah. So um, go ahead, brother. No, it's uh, just interesting that, you know, the slight alteration, but it still has the same effect. And that's that counterfeit, you know, aspect. But it's, you know, it's just demonic, you know. But go on, go on. Well, and it's also why they get those, uh, why you end up getting side effects that the original uh, plant medicine didn't have. Yeah. Because that slight alteration does have a, a, a it's not an overwhelming effect difference, but it's going to have slight effect differences, the same as uh, when, if you've extracted with N and I, you notice that N's a much tighter molecule. Um, it, the way it extracts out, everything comes out much tighter. Your oil is going to be much darker uh, where the I, mm. and it's harder to release back out. But at, at the same uh, at the same time, it also uh, uh, just does a really good job with it in, in general where the eye doesn't grab out near as much stuff. It doesn't seem, but hmm. it releases back out easier. The mole, it stays lighter because the molecules aren't bond bonded so tightly together. So it maintains a lighter color, uh, depending on what product you're working with. It seems like people are real odd about, uh, wanting things to be lightly colored. Mm, uh, yeah, dude, I noticed that too. What is, I don't know what that is. Yeah. It, irritating, right? Yeah, it is because like, it's like, dude, this shit is like the top quality. Sometimes you have it yes. in your hand, and it's like, yeah, but it's got you know, yeah, dude. Yes, like like we went and switched uh, the one of the main components of the comfort cream that we make is this uh, shea butter, and I found this ultra raw shea butter. I mean, raw, raw from mm. in country. We had it directly shipped, but it had a yellow instead of a white, so it, sure. it it was still more of a yellow. And I had so many complaints at first and, and eventually people got over it. But at first when it just that yellow tinging that it gave it, that was enough to set people off. Like they liked the whiter version of it, even though that was more heavily processed. It's like, wow. It's fascinating what people choose to voice that their preference is like, you, you don't pick battles. You just announce fucking everything, yep. you know, I, I, 
um shit i was gonna say something about that uh like taste like for tinctures i understand you don't want to be tasting some nasty shit i understand that and we you know put honey in a lot of our tincture we put a lot we we do what we can and uh you know to make things more palatable but at the end of the day if you really need relief and and you're still your main complaint is the taste but you're fine with everything else and you and you like the desired effects and everything but 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 you know it's, yeah, it's the taste it's like well you can't mix it with some shit like you can't put it in something yeah. it's, it's um but i've reworked whole recipes for for that shit in the early stages but uh yep you yeah. betcha to- completely i completely understand what you're saying um <laughs> and i definitely part of what we uh wanted to bring you on and talk to you about is your uh your extraction processes what kind of plants you're finding that uh are most beneficial and that you're using a lot in your different, uh, medicines, uh, what different types of things that you're doing. Uh, I love, we'd love to hear all about it, brother. Sure, man. Well, the first thing I started making was elderberry syrup. Um, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, my wife and, uh, first son were really, um, were really ill just with the seasonal detox and, you know, that, you know, same year shit every year. And, um, so I, I was, we just learned, you know, my son was born. We just learned about vaccines. We just learned about everything. And so, you know, realizing that it's like, Oh, there's booby traps everywhere. And, um, so I started buying elderberry syrup from a really good co-op we used to go to. (laughs) Um, and, uh, it used to be really good too, but, uh, uh, so I bought it from them and they had like such a good local raw, um, you know, elderberry syrup and it was really good. And it was the only thing that was helping our throats. So that I was like, Oh, I need to make this shit. And the reason why first I was, we we're very poor, extremely poor. So I was, I always trying to figure out how I can make this shit myself, you know? And, uh, and I was doing that with weed, uh, for like five years before that, I was just making my own CBD oil, my own, um, uh, THC oil I would I would use I was using you know fucking uh like rosemary uh like uh what's it called fucking like olive oil like I use Mm -hmm. I would run out of shit I was so poor and so I'd be using random shit be disgusting and I'd be taking it anyways and uh, (laughs) and so I and I was just learning you know I was learning to decarb and to Mm -hmm. cook with oil and then how to press oil I bought a rosin press and, and, and I, then I was learning how to make uh, cartridges and I was actually going to start marketing that I had a really good uh, cartridge label and everything made up and we made some cartridges, but it's so not profitable unless you're on a huge scale. It's like not profitable the way we were doing it the, with the press. Well, especially um, after uh, the cart industry took that hit when the uh, mainstream media tried coming out and kids are killing themselves with these carts and everything and you, you watch the industry. I mean, before that, you'd go to like some of the shows and things like that around here where they're, you know, legal cannabis shows yeah. and carts would be everywhere. everywhere. People would just be walking around sucking on them all day. Yep. And then like to- two, like uh, the next month, nothing, nothing. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, there's like two tables trying to sell carts and they're selling them for 10 bucks a cart instead of 30. Oh You're like, wow. God. Dude, yeah. I, found two, I found these cartridges that were two grand <coughs> cartridges, and they were in, wow. in in like you know a thing. Man, it was uh, it was, and they were selling them for forty bucks. I couldn't fucking believe 
you know, this was like a year ago. I couldn't, you know, it's right when yeah. it started. All of a sudden, I just started seeing these, like you were saying, like cheaper, not cheaper, but good quality, lower prices. And uh, that's always yep. suspicious too, you know. Exactly. I mean, part of it is the mass production because these people have machines that you can pour, you know, literal gallons of right. oil into the machine and it's coming down and it's pressing just and it's filling hundreds of carts at once. Just I can see it like Charlie it and the Chocolate perfectly. Factory in the opening scene. Yeah. Just all the, yeah. yeah, yeah, you see. Yeah, so I mean, part of it is the mass production. And then when you're doing that mass production, you can say, hey, I only need to make a quarter a cart because um, I'm going to sell 10,000 carts today, uh, you know, so, so I'm going to make money. Uh, and that just drives the business down. But then, like I said, with the uh, the scare of the cart industry in and of itself, the cartridge industry, and, and it's justifiable. What What are you using? Or what were you going to use to try and cut the oil, the plant oils to try and make it burnable in a cart? This is why we, uh, I didn't end up marketing it because I couldn't <laughs> find something I was happy enough with. Like I found a natural, uh, 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 thinner or, or, you know, mm -hmm. dilutant. And, uh, it, I don't know. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't the reaction that I had liked from um right different terpene combinations with different different you know i'm assuming unnatural things by by what the names are of the shit in it um yeah and, and, that, and that worked really well but and then like propylene glycol is what i started with before i learned about shit and what's good and bad for you and everything so that's what i started with and that honestly was was like the best shit i ever smoked the the strongest for sure and 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 it was it was just like the, a cartridge lasted weeks, dude, and 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 it was just like fucking phenomenal. But I it was just I I couldn't with the natural thinner I couldn't get it to a consistency that I liked where it would still be profitable. But I, I mean I mm -hmm. wish I hope someone creates something because I love the idea of you know when it comes down to it you need a lighter and a knife and you know a steak and you're good. Uh, but but uh, fucking. Damn, I lost my train of thought. Um, Natural cards. Oh, oh, uh, electronic electronic devices to smoke, dude. If I if I saw that when I was a teenager, I just think it's such a great, convenient, cool Babylonian idea. Uh, if you're gonna go down right. that road, I, I love it, dude. I, I I would be a kid in a candy store if I was in high school looking around at all the cartridges and shit. Man, um, I loved it. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to make, you know, things that that helped me get off heroin and suboxone and all that shit so outside of ibogaine so after i did ibogaine i was like okay now i'm gonna do uh booster shots is what they call them for for ibogaine like once a month you take another once because it can last like weeks up in your system so if you take it once a month you can you can kind of have this steady real long half-life on it huh right exactly and so if you take advantage of that you're able to you're able to prioritize and live out your life uh, focusing on what you need rather than what you want. And it's undeniable. Mm -hmm. And you're not able to, it's like someone in your head telling you, or it's your own voice really like turned all the way up being like, no, 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 go there. No, no, put this away. Now you're not going to want to do it right now. Do it. Like, like you're just very convicted about every step of your day. You know, if you take it on a smaller dose, bigger doses are like time travel and, you know, you're reviewing mm -hmm. your life and 
crazy shit. But um, but so I wanted to have an aftercare package for people, and I wanted to you know help people get free from you know hard drugs and shit, and not get them not just replace it with something else. Although if they did replace it with something else, it's still natural and it's still way fucking better, even if they do replace right. it one for the other. You know, and um, and so I uh, that that's when I started playing with Best Earth a couple years ago. So it's all great. It all has its purposes, you know. And this has Voa Kanga in it, Rishi, Chaga Mushroom, Chlorella, and MCT for digestion. And the the Voa Kanga and things like it are are what's uh are, what's the the main uh, player in Best Earth. It, it it has very similar alkaloids to ibogaine. Not exact, but similar on a much smaller scale. So uh, it, it's it's a much more like under the radar kind of no one will notice. You know, you don't have to sit home like staying away from light because you're tripping balls on Ibogaine. You can go to work. You'll actually be able to work like 10 times better in my experience. Um, and I th- that's how I quit smoking cigarettes. And I quit smoking cigars a couple years ago because I just took two capsules a day of Best Earth. And I slowly smoked less. And then I just stopped. I was like, I don't, I don't want to, it was more important for me to keep the window closed in the car. Um, at that day, the last day I, I thought about smoking, it, I didn't want to open the window. You know what I mean? For the air. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, Oh shit, I've made leaps and bounds. If I'm now putting this little discomfort over the urge to smoke, like that's, that's fucking right. mind blowing to me. The urge, urge to smoke isn't that strong anymore. You bet. Right. Yeah. So, man, I just, I, yeah, at all. And, and and it's like, I didn't even put effort into it other than putting these, taking these two capsules. And now I don't take best earth all the time at all. I, I, I don't. And, um, and I still haven't started smoking uh, cigarettes or cigars again. I would like to start smoking real tobacco, like not sprayed tobacco. Mm-hmm. So I would like to try that though. I would like to grow it and do all that i've had i've had real tobacco it's it's entirely different um it, mm. it's fantastic it's uh i had it only at uh, spiritual uh functions um i've been right. to a lot of uh, uh native american spiritual functions and whatnot and uh so it's not just tobacco either uh there's sage in there there's some wood chips um yeah. but pretty pretty fantastic not something you would sit and just smoke away or chain, chain smoke, smoke though. right yeah you know um what you get got got going on you take them two or three uh nice uh hits and that's about all you're gonna really want right. <laughs> i know it, it should have told us something that we wanted to to chain smoke i mean that right there tells you there's i don't know man and it's it's funny because if i say this shit to people i don't know like do you think that most people just don't give a fuck or you just think that do you think do you believe in the npc thing do you think that there are like placeholder things in our life to steer people like you and i certain directions but not each other do you know what i mean like they're there put there yeah no i understand what you're saying okay. Okay. <laughs> um no i 100% understand what you're saying and it's an excellent question and we've certainly all met uh people that we that we would consider that but then honestly and and even i have a problem with it i don't see the npc thing but when i look in people's eyes a lot 
I won't see a person there and it freaks me out a little bit. And Christy gets mad at me and I'll be like, that's not a person. <laughs> and she was like, but, but honestly, uh, at the end of the day, those people are people and they're just on a different level as far as I can tell. Cause it's not like when you grew up, did you grow up with anybody that wasn't a person that didn't have their own thoughts or do their own little weird things, you right. know? So, I mean, none of this existed and yeah, we might be in a time frame where people are more group think than others and we're not in that group. So it's easy enough to really like, it's the same thing as like, uh, when you've experienced, say, uh, you, you went to a uh, damn amusement park and you thought it was the greatest thing in your life and somebody else went there and uh, almost died on a roller coaster and they're dead scared. When you both see right. an amusement park, you're going to have entirely different reactions. Um, so, I mean, just because you're not on the same vibration or not on the same page, you're not really connecting with each other, but that doesn't mean they're not really a real person, that they're an NPC, like they're soulless. Like that's... That's some, uh, you know, some nonsense. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. When it and it also puts you above them, people, and that yeah. really bothers me too. Yeah. Um, because at the, who are you at to the say end of the day, an NPC, you know. Yeah, exactly. Because they aren't acting and don't agree with what you say. Now you're calling them soulless and in <laughs> disagreeing with somebody and not wanting to do what they're doing is one thing. But when you start calling them soulless or evil or something like that, that's yeah. where you truly make them not people. And that's where you get dark ages. That's yeah. where it's okay to hurt these other things because yeah. they're not even people. You know, and, and that's not right. You know, um, yeah. that's not where we should be. Right. Totally, man. I love that answer. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that either, but, um, you know, certain moments with certain cashiers make me wonder, but, I, <laughs> yep. but, but, but you know, I, I agree with what you said. Totally. And like, I might be some like typical, just by the way I, I look, or maybe when I had shorter hair, like, but just, you know, I'm like a Trump NPC guy, right? Because I'm a white, you know, male in America. So yep. I could be just, uh, you know, labeled that too, you know, not that I'm a Trump. So I'm just saying, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's easy, you know, and oh. I always feel, what's that? hundred percent. No, I'm fully feeling what you're saying because like, I, I, I'm, if you look at me from the outside, it's so easy to paint me as a white nationalist. Right, so right, easy. I mean, and even when you're sitting there t saying things like trying, saying things directly against that, that this is how you're living and it's against that. It doesn't matter what you say. As soon as they've painted you with that brush and you look enough like it because i live off grid i'm country i wear boots yeah. i drive a yep. pickup i got you you know, go. big pit bulls you yeah. know yeah that's they see it. you and they're like this dude has those rubber balls hanging from the his fucking back of his truck you know what i'm saying yes he exactly <laughs> he he doesn't know how to read books and he's racist and you right. know things like that you know yeah. And, and yeah it's immediately you get painted with that and it's ridiculous yeah dude yeah, tell me, yeah. tell me about it, dude. I got ostracized. I worked for the for New York State, and I think the problem was I cut my hair. Legit, like shit started going south 
when I cut my hair. I'm not kidding. So I, I think like, you know, central casting, people get put in positions wow. by other people in their head. And, you know, it's just interesting, dude. I was like this nice, quiet kid on Suboxone just trying to take my Adderall and do my work. You know, <laughs> it's like, wow. needs to go, you know, but it was interesting. It was a good fight. I won. And then I quit, which was really cool. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't really want to be here. You just weren't going to make me do it, dicks. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, that was the whole game. And they were, you know, and uh, I, I cursed everyone out in HR, like aloud, like the entire state building heard it. It was, uh, it was great, dude. And um, I fucking hate them, man. <laughs> but I'm not giving my loose to them. I, 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 I hate them because they should be hated. They're the evil. If you're doing good, you should not be down with the evil. So you should hate yes. wickedness, you know? Yes. No, I'm not, I'm not with the, uh, I'm not on the, the whole love and light community as, okay. as a heathen, <laughs> as a heathen, like we're like, if I, if I go and I do something to screw over a corporation or something, I'm at war with these people. This is a natural pariah to the planet. And and yeah. in the Havamal, it doesn't say turn the other cheek. It says treat them as they would treat you. And every yeah. one of those corporations will screw you over at every chance they can get. So you yeah. bet your ass. I you know, now on the Bro, same it's, token. It's so funny you say that. This cop, dude, the last time I got arrested years back, the, the cop that arrested me, dude, he got me for putting my seatbelt on as I was pulling away. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, he pulled me over and he's like, you know, and I was like, and I didn't have a license at the time. And I was just on my lunch break. I just it, working for the state and I just went uh, downtown real quick. And I had like 10 hits of acid in my, uh, or maybe five or something, just a small amount of LSD and a little container in my pocket. And he didn't find it, but they found it, but they had to, I don't know. They were going to let me go, but they, they, uh, they knew there was something in there. And so the cop was so, you know, he said, do you have anything on you? I said, no, what the fuck? Like, no, why would I, he was so, once he found it, he acted like I was his good friend that betrayed him. And he's just looking at me, like, <laughs> you know, like I thought, like you said, I told you to be honest, like, and I'm like, dude, you're trying to fuck me over. I can't believe these fucking yeah. cops that look at people like, bro, you lied to me. I'm like, what do you mean? I lied to you. Like, that's what you care about. Your boys are about to go tell me to go back to go score dope for them so they can arrest someone else. And I might get killed. Like, I don't give a fuck what you think of, about my lie to you. Like, you mean me trying to save my ass because you're trying, your job is to fuck me over? Like, <laughs> absolutely. And they're going to lie to you the whole time. Anything that they can get to get you to do what yep. they want, they'll lie through their teeth and not even blink an eye. Don't even care yeah. because they're just, because they're doing their job and they're better right. than you because you're just a dirty criminal. Um, right. and they don't feel bad, feel bad. And like my family used to really get down on me cause I'm from the Midwest, you know, so I'm a very, from a very, uh, conservative Republican state and, you know, and back the blue and blah, all that nonsense. Yeah. And, uh, I got pulled over by an officer in, uh, uh, outside of Chamberlain, South Dakota, and I wasn't even speeding. He saw California plates. I get pulled over anytime I go back to the Midwest with California plates and I never speed, but they always, oh, you were speeding, but I, it's just, this is just a warning, you know? Yeah. Cause you can't write me a ticket for it. You're full of shit. 
And uh, so then uh, as soon as he did that, well, this was about two months after I had uh, flown off a motorcycle and into a tree and at about 55. So I completely shattered my left side and I'm a, you know, I got a big metal plate and a bunch of pins and all this nonsense. Um, Yeah, it was bad. Well, I had a a half a bottle of uh, Oxycontins. And so I had like 20 of them and there was a bunch of them that were like pinched into like halves and eighths because I was already, I had quit Oxycontins uh, inside three months of having uh, the surgery. You bet. Um, I was, I hated those things. Uh, And uh, I was eating a lot of uh, edible gummy bears uh, and things like that, doing a lot of different edibles and a lot of creams on uh, my left side. Uh, which, which would bring it down to a tolerable level, which was all right. that I needed. Um, but they also told me that I w- my arm was basically going to be an ornament the rest of my life. And it was going to take me two years to have any kind of mobility. And inside six months, I was outside working like nobody, nobody even knew what anything was wrong with me. Um, yeah, so screw their nonsense. But I had a, a half a bottle of Klonopin, the the cop arrested me because the label was worn because I keep it in my pocket and the label was worn is this is his exact statement. The labels worn and, uh, uh, arrested me, put me in jail. My daughter came up and, uh, came up with, uh, my prescription and it had my picture on it, why I was prescribed the doctor, all that. And she set it down on the counter and went to go get my dogs. And the jailer looks down and he goes, you just wait. And he called the judge right there. And he's like, no, that's this guy's drugs. And the judge like, then you need to let him out. And so they let me out of jail. Well, I also uh, had sold a gun for my mom and I had like $4,500, $4,800, something like that for this gun. And uh, the cops stole that. Oh yeah. Like I went to go get my stuff. You betcha. Well, if I had been caught, if those had not been my prescribed drugs, I just would have been a druggie that this cop jacked and nobody would have cared. But because that, that was my prescription and everything else, the state that I walked right into the, the district attorney's office and I'm like, where is my money? Where is my stuff? And why am I being arrested for my own prescription? Right. Yeah, you know, I was like, it's not like I had 200 of them. It's not like, you know, I, I had a 20 of them. And like I said, a bunch of them were clipped into pieces because I was already weaning myself off of them and trying to take just shortened doses rather than full doses. Um, so you agree that cop- it's like a, a, a mob. It's a mafia. They're extorting. Oh, it's a mob. That's all it is. That's all 100%. It is. That's all it is. 100%. It, it, they are, they are at, at best, they are henchmen for the rich. Because and you can see that Um, just recently in Redding, California, the uh, the people legally overthrew the uh, uh, city council uh, because that's the head seat for the northern California and for Shasta and everything. And the sheriffs locked the people out of the council because the councilmen, the rich ass jackass councilmen, they you know, who are trying to follow the mandates and all this. They they told the cops to do that. The cops didn't follow the paperwork, didn't serve the laws. Most cops, when they pull you over, don't even know the law. Um, yeah, yeah. The last, yeah, 
all the time they break the law and you have to sit there and argue with them about the law. And these are supposedly law enforcement officers. That's his job right. is to see that the law is being followed and they don't do that in any and way, see, shape or form. Right. And, and see, I'm not against that. I'm not against police officers or uh, society needing officer. You do need that. Like good and bad exists. So you need everything within the spectrum in between that. And I understand that. However, we don't have police officers. Like we were saying, we have mafia members. Like they're not acting like law enforcement officers. They're not. And and anyone's like, no, but they're still the cops. You know, if you didn't have them, you'd be, listen, I don't know. One way or another, some criminal group is going to step in. I'm just talking about shit about them because they're the current group. I'm not saying, it, you know, yes. it, it can be a different way or whatever, but it is what it is. And they, most of them suck. And that's my opinion. But well, and, and, and the fact is, is, there are ones that won't violate you, and I understand that. Right. And there are ones that won't. But let me ask this, and my question for with that is always, do they arrest the ones that do? Because they're a law enforcement officer, so the first people that they should be going after is their fellow officers that are breaking the law, and there's lots of them. So if you're not doing that, you're not a law enforcement officer, and you also are a bad seed. There's well no said. good cops. Well said. And if you say, well, no, I'm one of the good ones. I'm a light in a dark place. Dude, they, you're not. Because if you're going, like you just said, if you're not arresting your fellow officers, if you're not, if you're going along with the program, if you're doing your, your traffic quotas, if you're doing this shit, you are part of it. And if you are like, ah, it's just what you got to do to get by, you know, it's like Trump. He's got to play ball, you know? No, dude. Yeah. No, you don't have to fucking play ball. And that, and, and, and this is the problem. Like I, Man, and I just see, I see a lot of the police officers don't know what to do there with the shit that's going on right now. Like, you know, right. where there's protesters and stuff, a lot of them, at least in Albany, are just kind of standing there and uh, with kind of smirks on their face or whatever. If you try to say something to them or whatever, it's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, they don't, they don't want to, you know, you can't be like, hey, thank you for your service officer. <laughs> you know, right. they, they laugh in your face, like, because they know what the fuck they do they know what they are you know and no. I if, them, know. if them police officers up there were reasonable they would turn around and they would just join the protesters and say you know what we're done with it too we also didn't want to be mass mandated we also don't want to follow with this bs we're not going to be your henchmen for doing something that can't be done that shouldn't be done is illegal and we're not going to be your henchmen and then they would be decent people and they can do that. And what are you going to do? Fire all the cops? Fire them all because they refuse to do this thing that nobody right. wants? No, they can't. In fact, it would go away right now. But their henchmen are the ones that hold, hold them up. They literally, from Animal Farm, they're the dogs. And that's how the one pig gets control. Without them dogs, that pig don't mean anything. Yeah, dude, totally. It's that someone said in the chat yesterday, um, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. And someone said, but it's a sexy pig. I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you take like Nancy Pelosi. Nobody would care what her drunk ass is mumbling up there if she didn't have the, the, the people with guns and with the uh, uh, monopoly on violence in those situations. Because even in America, the idea that, you know, uh, we find that they push that whole peaceful protest 
and never in the history of mankind has going against oppressors and appealing to their morality worked out. Never one time in the history of mankind. So if you go up to guys with guns and you're just going to sit there on your hands, they do things like laugh at you and unload gallons of pepper spray in your face as we watched in <laughs> Occupy Wall Street. Yes. They yeah, didn't, <laughs> yeah, you know, they didn't say, oh, we're overwhelmed with the peace that you have brought. No, they laughed and hosed them with pepper spray. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, man. That's it's insanity, but this is this is where we are, and the, we and the thing is, is this is very similar to the Geneva Convention, which I don't even know how we got off into here. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's must a good be time, talking though. about extract. It. It's awesome. Um, but the Geneva Convention uh, made it so you could not kill the leader of another country in war. Really? You can't go after the leader. Um, oh, that's and this okay. is part of why, like. If if we're in an official war, we don't actually go and try and bomb the leader. Only time we do that's like supposedly with like Osama bin Laden and things like that, right. where he's just the leader of a rebel group. Okay. We don't actually go and try and destroy because that's against the Geneva Convention. Okay. Um, and what that does is, is it sets this uh, uh, echelon of people above you. So and this is this is where this whole mindset where now they don't get the same punishments we do because they're better than us and we can't even fathom doing things to them that we would to somebody else some other dumbass that just tried doing that and saying that if if some retarded neighbor of yours just came over and said you know what dude you need to wear masks and 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 i'm gonna enforce that you'd knock him right on his ass yeah now because you wouldn't do that to President uh, Trump or President Biden because they're on this echelon like they're a different people. And it, and it literally has set royals and serfs. We've come back to that full circle. And we did that partially through and people don't want to understand, um, especially the, the, the left community doesn't want to understand that they did that by giving you things. They yeah. bought that from you. Um, if you still were independent and you weren't crying for cops and roads and for the government to do everything in the planet for you, the government wouldn't have the power. They wouldn't even feel like they had the power. What, chicken <clears throat> or the egg? What do you think was first? Do you think the mind control and lies were first that then got everyone into a cycle of bad choice making? Or do you think the, 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 the conveniences weren't there? And it started with the people just asking for it. Like, what was I mean, it's, you know, I honestly think it's just a a condition that evolves Mm. to a bad place just naturally. Um, Because even as a parent, you, you want, I as a person understand that the extreme hardships that I went through as a child is part of what made me who I am. And that I, as a young man, was more capable of going through things and dealing with things and and succeeding in the world when everything was against me because of those hardships. Now, immediately with my children, if they are if there's a hardship, what's the first natural reaction I want to do? Knock that shit down right now. Stop it flat. How dare you? How dare you? I know, and, and this is, 
you know, so this is how the, the strong man that provides a good life produces weak men because mm. that's what you do as a good parent. And, and it is so hard to understand a friend of mine, uh, Leah is going through, uh, a real hard time right now. And that's one thing I said to her understand she, cause she was really, uh, feeling for her son. I said, understand that don't just look at the hard time, the, the trauma, understand how much stronger he's going to be. He's a spitfire. He'll get through this and he'll come out stronger. And, you know, and I know would I choose this for him. No, I wouldn't wish this on anybody, but we've got to quit acting like we shouldn't go through anything. And, and we try to provide that as a parent and we weaken the people behind us. And as a society, the same thing. So just being by being a good person and trying to provide for that next society, that next generation, you almost automatically cause this same thing. Isn't that fascinating, dude? That's so fucking interesting. Yeah. To me, man. Uh, the more yeah. shit I learn and the more shit I think I understand, I'm like, oh, wait, but I just don't get it. <laughs> like, um, you, There's just so much to it. And it's like without one thing, you don't have the rest. You know, and, and everything is in balance. I used to have this reoccurring nightmare. This was one of my first, my first nightmare for sure that I remember. Um, not my first dream. I had one uh, recur also recurring dream where me, my brother, my sister, and my parents were up in the sky in a like deep pitch blue night sky, but way up there. And we were, now I know we were on the firmament. And we were swimming in a pool that was carved out of the sky. And we were just jumping in and swimming, coming and stepping out back on the stars, like the ledge of the pool. But, you know, and it, it was just uh, it was just incredible. And um, and it's weird, man. I always wonder why I had that recurring dream when I was like three years old all the time. But then a nightmare I would wow. have at the same age was this. It wasn't anything visual. It, um, it was like I was closing my eyes and I was on a swing almost. And, and one way I got swung, it would be the most overwhelming, horrible feeling of not enough, of empty, of I don't have, and, and, and just the worst. And then as the swing went back down it, and got closer, you know, to the ground, I would feel, oh, balance, balance. Okay. Okay. Everything's right. Everything's good. Everything's right. And then it would go up the other way and go all oh, too much, too much, too much, too much. And it would be this overwhelming feeling like that you're going to die from too much something. And uh, that's a fantastic dream. I, I, I would love to hear anyone's thoughts on it. Cause I don't, I don't, um, it was horrible, man. And I just wanted to, it's so hard to explain. It's a hard dream to explain. I mean, as an alchemist, that that's perfect. Because, I mean, you don't, you understand that polarity is life. But also as an alchemist, like, part of the reason I generally just kind of seem pretty chipper, I don't really fluctuate moods too much. I also don't get abundantly happy, like overwhelmingly happy. I kind of sit at this one spot. You know, and it does fluctuate in that one spot, but it's a very minor fluctuation compared to most people. Um, this is the same reason why you see some of these people that are overwhelmingly happy, that are just super stupid, chipper, bubbly, mm. where you're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those people also become suicidal. And yeah. when it, when it flips the other way, 
And that's such a hard way to live your life while life in and of itself is that polarity. And I'm, I'm a very big advocate for, for polarity and in a, in this time when everybody's so against it, it's nonsense. They don't even understand how life works. It's but, literally, it's, it's necessary. Yes. Yes. In fact, when the more you bring things to a polarity, the more power that you have, but that power is in the middle and you want to be in the middle in and of oh, yourself. Okay. So, so that, so that is fantastic. That's a fantastic dream that you would like already be being like, so just concerned with not moving to either side too much, staying on that middle ground uh, where the power really is. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, that's Benjamin, really thank good you stuff. so much for explaining that, dude. That makes me feel so good. I've wanted for so many years, and that that rings true to me, dude. That makes so much fucking sense because I've never heard anyone give me any input on it ever because everyone's just like, oh, that's fucking weird. I don't know. But thank you, man. Like, that's you like settled oh, something no that I've been thinking about since I was a fucking toddler. So that's like really cool, man. I will take that into consideration, you know. Yeah, no, that's really good stuff. Really good stuff. I, I like that. I, I didn't, I'm not much of a dreamer myself. And there's another reason why uh, I, I don't go along with that NPC thing. We just don't know how people's minds work and how things work. Um, I don't have dreams. I also can't picture things. If you really? ask me to go, yeah, if you ask me to go build something, a picture never happens in my mind. My mind will say, I need the building to be this long, this wide. I need it to have this mechanical. Dun, 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 dun. My mind won't build a thing. And at the end of the project, I'm surprised at how it, as surprised at how it looks as everybody else. I'm like, oh, I'll be damned. Yeah, uh, dude, you know. Yeah, I do know. Yeah. I know exactly what that is. So, so I don't picture things at all. Um, I don't have dreams. I did. I did a couple of them when I was a teenager. I had, you know, of course, the the, the sexual dreams when you're reaching puberty. I had right. like two or three with a faceless girl, as a matter of fact, which oh, doesn't. Yeah, like it, it wasn't like she was like scary faceless, but like just it was very vague. There was no features yeah, I really. You. I don't know. Um, just some random hoe. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Some random um, dreams. Think. You betcha. You betcha. Uh, and then. Uh, I had one that I had recurring that was uh, uh, that I lived on a farm. Surprise, surprise. And uh, okay. an army is coming to attack me and my family. And uh, yeah. And at first I don't realize it's an army. There's just a bunch of guys. And I basically, and I start running around just off and dudes like John Wick oh, yeah? style. And yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it is a dream, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I make my way all the way upstairs and just killing people left and right. And I get upstairs <laughs> and I look out the, and I, I'm on a balcony. Like I'd ever have a place with a balcony. Right. Um, but it has a balcony and I step out on the balcony and there's just a giant army all marching toward this house. And my, and I wake up with this just dread feeling that I'm oh. like, there is no way I can kill all these people. Like this is oh. impossible, and and I know that my fa they're gonna get my family, my farm. You know they're gonna. Yeah, what a horrible gonna, fucking nightmare, dude. Yeah, yeah, 
and then I wake up to that that dread feeling that I'm I'm gonna fail at that. That's it's it's pretty horrible. <laughs> you can't take it when you wake up with that level of like no. traumatic experience. You're like, oh, your whole day is fucked up. Your couple days might be you fucked bet. up. You know, what do you think that yeah. is? What do you think dreams are? Uh, you know, what the purpose is? It all metaphor. Or is it, uh, is, do you think some of it's just random happenstance? I feel like that you can find truth and meaning in anything if you're looking for it and you're living properly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, so I'm a, I, you know, I have my tree of life and uh, that's based off of uh, Odin and off of alchemy. I love it. And uh, it specifically has three minds. So whenever people look at that eye, you know, they got the, the all seeing eye. Well, there's also the all powerful eye or the all knowing eye. And then there's the ego eye. So there's literally three eyes because you're made of three trees, your three minds. Well, mm -hmm. the thing is, is uh, your dense mind does not communicate in words and it doesn't communicate the same way you do. Um, one of the things I do have some weird success with is, is I can somewhat understand birds when they're no talking way. yeah it, it, it's it's a very odd thing but it's not like a word comes into right. your mind it's not like you know oh hey this is a red ball yeah it's more of a it's it but it also produces like an emotion in a like almost like a picture like Whoa. when there's danger it it sets me off the only and i will come and you know my wife and anybody in that's ever been to my farm will attest to that. I'll come flying out of bed and it's cause the bird, one of the birds made a danger sound and which to the normal ear doesn't really even sound any different than anything else, but there's yeah. something embedded in that and it'll bring me flying and I can hear a bunch of things. And like I said, it gives you like this feeling almost it, almost a picture, like an image of something. Yeah. But it's there's yeah, like not awesome. words, yeah, and I think that's what your dense mind is talking like your salt mind. Mm -hmm. I think it doesn't really talk in words, I think it talks more like that. Mm. And uh, uh, yeah, so so dreams are the, the way it's your body is or the way your mind is trying to interpret that, shit. you know, it's like it's trying to tell you things because you look at it the way most dreams work is more about how you feel. You can't logically right. make connections like, oh, yes, this is very logical. This equals this plus this and this. No, it, it has to be a very personal feeling thing to make those connections. Totally. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. I think it, that's why Ibogaine was so interesting because if you take enough uh, and and it's kind to you and it takes you into this other realm where like, like for me, like what I was looking at in the room where I took a boga, everything just fell to the ground like pixels. And there was this other background behind it. I was in a completely different place wearing completely different clothes. I was walking instead of sitting. Like I started out and I was walking and outside instead of inside, everything changed. But all of a sudden I didn't feel like I was tripping. I felt completely normal. I felt completely sober except what you're talking about adding the logic adding your conscious mind so i was i knew i was in a dream and i was like oh fuck and i was like putting money in my pocket 
for, I was in 1904 and I was trying to take all the money I could in my pocket because I knew if I went back, I wanted to show someone something. And they, these dreams lasted so long, like months to the point where when I walked outside, when I woke up from it, I went outside and I like got jarred. Like I jumped back because all of the cars were modern cars and I had been driving and walking and, and working around, you know, cars. Um, I, I went through like each decade of the 1900 and, um, and like in the thirties or whatever, I woke up, uh, and I went back to sleep and went more decades, but, uh, I woke up in the thirties and I went, Oh, and I went outside and, and I, and I was just shook because I hadn't seen a modern car in months. It, to me, it was months. It was only like four days, but you know, right. it felt like it was months and I was, and I didn't know I was back. It was just mind blowing. And, uh, I couldn't explain myself very well afterward, which was weird also, because like, like I said, in the dream state, you are so logical and lucid and there and like with it, you know, um, you do go along with things like you will go along with things, but you know, it's, it's, it's an experience. You're not just going along with the flow, like in a normal dream. You, if you do, like I went along with the flow a lot in the Ibogaine dreams, but just so I could see where they went, but the whole time, right. I was consciously choosing to do that. It's I, it's really interesting the 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 activation of like your whole mind, and and you know it's not just like you said the physical salt mind that's doing everything. So, mm-hmm. what kind of spiritual that- alkaloids? You know what what's in this shit that that c- marries the two, and allows you to you know interact and get something from it. You know. Now, now, do you feel like uh, each each of these time periods you were still you, or do you feel like there's a possibility like you were experiencing a different life of that through your salts epigenetically from a different lifetime? You know, possibly your grandfather, whatever right. um, ancestral DNA and all that. Right. Do you feel like it was you experiencing that, or or you were living their experience? It was both like certain decades. I was myself the whole time. Other uh, time frames, I was someone completely different. Um, I looked different. I was mainly myself throughout the whole thing, but I also had different versions of myself. Like, like some of my dreams took place in the future. My dreams towards the end all took place in the future. And, uh, and, I, and it was like years from now. So I could tell that it was me, but I looked different. And, uh, but a lot of a lot of the Ibogaine dreams were about other people, not myself. I was being like kind of like Scrooge, how he goes. I almost think that that whole story is about Ibogaine, the way they describe it, the ghost of Christmas hmm. present, past, future, you know, and uh, shows him around and reviews life and memories, you know, in his own dream, looking in on himself as a young child. Like that is Ibogaine. Like if someone wants to know what Ibogaine is about, like go ro- go watch a Christmas Carol. And it's like that's no kidding. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Fascinating. Really that, but it's uh dude, it's so cool, man. Such an Absolutely. interesting tree. And that got me off all of my pharmaceuticals. Like beyond besides the time travel, all that great shit, it 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 scrubbed all the poison out of my brain and body. So that I mean, it's just like, man, if anything is a miraculous tree, you know, tree of life type stuff like you know 
Well, please, please do for anybody that's never heard uh, of what this is. Please explain exactly what it is and what it, the derivative is, the whole nine. Sure. Okay. So Iboga is a is a tree in South Africa and East Africa is where it originates. And um, it's a tree in uh, that grows around the Bwiti tribes is what they're now called in Africa. And these Bwiti tribes are, they would say, pygmy tribes that um, I, you could just call them regular people, unindoctrinated people. And uh, they have their own civilization, their own society built around Iboga because they live amongst the trees. So they, for thousands of years, since the beginning of time, their, their ancestors have, have given it to their entire village and they've uh, done this for their teenage boys and uh, girls to see if they're ready to go into man or womanhood. This is like around 12 years old or something. And a right of passage type thing. Exactly. And uh, reason being for that is uh, it's a very confrontational, very uh, truth tapping uh, substance tree. And, um, and that's the best way I can describe it you focus completely on what's what is there is a what is it's not everyone sees everything through a different perspective that's true and everything but there is a there there mm -hmm. are even in your own life that only apply to you there are things that need to be done that you need to pay attention and not and you know you need to live in the moment and fix what you can you know while living in the future and past and seeing the reasons why you need to change whatever you need to change because we all have something we need to change and um it, it, especially in the world today and and i think we're all trying to move towards a place where you know we're changed for the better and we can carry things on and not make the same mistakes so um it it, it it it's it's great to see that at, at 12 years old i i in my opinion i i think that's a great age right when your body stops making endocannabinoids right when you you know right when you start getting depressed because of that and because of hormones and and all that i think that's that's phenomenal and uh it's just you know you're going through a lot at that time and because your life is changing and and, and you is there need... a single human that would go back to teenage years <laughs> Fuck no. No, I wouldn't. I'm sure there is. No. Oh, that. Poor kids. I know, dude. But these Aboga tribe kids are happy as pie, man. And they live, you know, very, like, they live in the woods, man. And they make all their own stuff. And they don't have um, one recorded murder in their history. That's, like, the coolest thing about them. And, um, hmm. Yeah, so that's that's that to me tells me everything I need to know about the tree and about the people that you know uh, talk about it and know about it, and um, so and this tree is uh, was brought up to me when I was a child by my dad. He was addicted to Vicodin for years, and uh, and his, his all his brother and all his uh, brothers and sisters they're all like hooked on opiates, and um, and uh, he wanted to get my uncle off heroin when I was like nine or ten or something he was trying to explain this to me and i had no idea what anything he was he was talking about but um he, i just remember him telling me about it he's like if i had the money i would do it i would do it because it's like 7500 to twenty five thousand dollars per like dosing session to do this to go to africa Ooh! or go to mexico or go to canada 7500 to twenty five thousand. 
and they don't dude it's so fucking crazy but anyway so he brought this up to me and then i kept seeing i began like flash um like in a documentary like it would just be put in front of me all throughout my life here and there you know and i remember each time and so i was like i and then when i got addicted to i got addicted to heroin my uh and and uh you know then you get put on pharmaceuticals when you try to get off heroin and uh then you're mm-hmm. on something far worse so which are just I, as bad as the heroin yeah far worse. Or you're, like I, you said worse worse for sure but just as bad for sure that that's yeah 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 there, it's all of it is is trash and and it's and it's it's satanic just in the sense that like Satan is dysfunction. Satan is non-functional. You know, this shit is not functional for your life, you know? And, and a lot of people that you say, dude, you don't even notice that I use, or I use it for different reasons. or I use it for pain, whatever, but there's better things to use. And that, and that, and I began totally, uh, forced me to see that very strong i was trying to force you know a synthetic plug into a um a natural outlet you know and and the right the shit was catching on fire you know fucking ruining my body so uh as you know the pharmaceuticals is just it, it wreaks havoc on you and nature and it's because like you said before with the patents they're tweaking a little part of it and that vibrational pattern gets warped and it doesn't resonate the the tones don't don't mesh and the natural when you take the natural it's at it's at a similar or it's at a a complementary vibration and they they can they can join and work together and accomplish it and and learn shit and you can do so much cool stuff just by having a clear mind and taking just herbs and things and roots that are good for you even just by having a healthy mindset Mm -hmm. and not even taking psychoactive plants or anything You, you man like Sorry, my son is freaking out. Um, oh, not a problem, brother. Um, actually, we're at about the the one hour mark, so we could take a break. Um, so yeah, no problem, brother. Uh, okay. Go. He's yelling. Go, at the you door. go ahead. Oh, okay. He's banging on the door. But, ah! uh, <laughs> yeah, we're at about the one hour mark, anyway. So uh, you can go out and uh, or take a potty and everything. Um, <laughs> We're going to, at the one hour, we cut off of uh, YouTube and switch over to Rockfin, where we uh, feel free to say anything that we want in the completely uncensored environment of Rockfin. Uh, Rockfin's where you're the only place where we air the second hour of the show. Um, Although Jared has added us to altmediaunited.com. All the different uh, uh, podcast apps like Podbean, Apple, uh, he added the first hour to Odyssey and whatnot, but Rockfin's the only place that is uh, completely uncensored. So that's where we uh, base ourselves out of. So at the one hour we cut out, we say goodbye to YouTube. Um, any, uh, so please go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you again so anybody can come check you out uh, before we switch on over. Totally. It's www.groundedextracts.com. Excellent. And with that, we'll go ahead and say bye, YouTube.